Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 14, Wherefore Can Ye Doubt? Hello. As I was preparing for this podcast, I, I have a list of of subjects as I've read through the scriptures, and I'm just kind of keeping a list of, of subjects that I want to perhaps develop into a podcast. And I got to this particular subject, and I thought to myself, you know, self, you've done enough on obtaining the brass plates. Let's move on. But then I had such strong impressions that this episode needed to be done. And so I'm approaching it with a lot of faith that I'm going to be able to say the things that the Lord would have me say in this moment, because I was thinking that it's all been covered, but I think there's more that we need to focus on. And it's the question that Nephi posed to his brothers, wherefore can ye doubt? The brothers had just received an angel, a heavenly messenger, telling them, number one, stop hitting your brother. (laughs) I feel like I say that a lot in my home, but I'm not a heavenly messenger. I'm just a mom. But the messenger said, why are you hitting your brother? And don't you know he's going to be a ruler over you? And try again. The Lord is going to deliver Laban into your hands. And I don't know how immediately this began once the angel left. But Laban and Lemuel began murmuring. And they're asking, how is it possible that the Lord will deliver Laban into our hands? Because they described Laban as a mighty man, and he commanded 50. And then they said, you know, he can even slay 50. Then why not us? So there was a lot of fear and doubt in their abilities to be able to perform this task. Laban seemed kind of like a Goliath did to David in the Old Testament. They just didn't know how they were going to be able to to accomplish this task. And then there's Nephi who's like, let's try again. Let's keep the commandments. And then he testifies, the Lord is mightier than Laban and his 50, yea, even his tens of thousands. So Nephi had confidence that the Lord was mightier than Laban. And then he draws on scripture. He says, let us be strong like Moses. He spoke to the waters of the Red Sea and they divided hither and thither. And our fathers came through out of captivity on dry ground. And the armies of Pharaoh that followed them, they were drowned in the waters of the Red Sea. And then he says, you know, this is true. You know that an angel has spoken to you. Wherefore can ye doubt? And that is the part of the story that I want to focus on today, that I feel inspired to not skip over. With our children who are in a world that's becoming more and more increasingly divided, where truth is becoming more difficult to obtain and hold on to, we need to provide our children in our homes experiences that they can later draw upon when they face their own Labans that seem very mighty, that they can draw upon experiences in which they saw the Lord being even mightier. Wherefore, can ye doubt? Our homes, 
are the perfect laboratories for them to experiment upon the Word of God and to gather their faith-filled evidence of who their God is and how they should go about keeping their covenants with Him. Are we allowing our children to have those moments? As a parent, I wonder if I'm sparing them from too much. Am I allowing them to go through hard things that cause them to be able to seek after God and to learn of Him and to rely upon Him? Am I inviting Him into my parenting? Am I seeking His counsel on His children that He knows perfectly? And what are my children's wherefore can ye doubt moments? Is it coming from Scripture like it did for Nephi? But you know what's also interesting is that Moses wasn't just scripture for him, for Nephi, but Moses was their history, the development of how their kingdom came to be. Are we teaching our children the sacredness of our history in which God did lead his people to do marvelous things? And when we can draw upon those moments in history and say, wherefore can ye doubt? What about our family moments? Are we fasting together as a family for a purpose? Are we praying earnestly for help that we really, really need? Maybe we're doing that individually, or maybe we're doing it with our spouse, but are we bringing our children into that? Letting them learn and feel and partake of the spirit that accompanies such sacred moments? Are we capturing those faith-promoting experiences? Are we writing them down? Are we preserving them? Are we discussing them and celebrating them? I'm talking about answers to prayers, warnings of the Spirit that we acted upon, and priesthood blessing miracles that occurred. Are we actively remembering them and celebrating them? Are we making it our family mantra that the Lord blessed us and carried us through this? that it was only he that could have made it possible, that his tender mercies were sprinkled throughout this experience. Wherefore can ye doubt? Are we giving them those opportunities? Are we keeping them in a sacred place, a book of remembrance in which we can be reminded when our memory grows dim because of all the daily chaos that we encounter? But yet we have these sacred moments put aside, that we can flip through and be reminded how the Lord showed up for us, strengthened us, delivered us, made us mighty. Wherefore, can we doubt? And what sort of experiences am I talking about? Truly, we in the gospel of Jesus Christ have so many opportunities. And I know some of these that I'm going to go over, some of them you might not have a testimony of, but pick some cultivate those. How often did Nephi and the Nephites rely upon the story of Moses? So what is your story of Moses that's going to help you get through the mighty Laban that you're facing right now? What about those who've been sealed in the temple? What was said by the sealer? Do you remember? And what feelings and impressions did others in the room experience? Were those captured? If maybe yours wasn't, Maybe you can be the one capturing it for someone else next time. What a sacred moment. So personal and individualized. 
but yet pearls of doctrine being freely spoken in the house of the Lord. Oh, the birth of a child and the change in the atmosphere that can happen in your home. It's celestial. You know, being introduced to, to those traits that began in that little person way before it ever came to earth. And now you're going to be introduced and you're going to get to know this eternal soul. And the visitation of the comforter in that moment to a new mom who doesn't know what she doesn't know, but who moves forward in faith anyways. What about when we take our children to the temple and capture those those moments when they're discerning between the outside world and the real world that they enter in when they enter into the temple? Or what about attending general conference? Have you ever been there and you're reverent, you're sitting in the conference center reverently, but then all of a sudden you feel something and everyone stands and you realize that the prophet of God just walked into the room and you're feeling that spirit. Wherefore can ye doubt? Even the death of a family member can bring visitations of the comforter like no other time in your life where you're receiving personal impressions and even continued experiences and influences by that loved soul just on the other side of the veil. And that further light and knowledge you are receiving about eternal families and life after death, knowledge that is uniquely given to those who experience the loss of a family member. What about patriarchal blessings? I know many who've had wonderful experiences testify to them of how intimately God knows them. And did we capture those feelings? Are we remembering and drawing strength from those feelings, from those impressions that are given to us? What about reading our scriptures with our children? If they in the scriptures can do it, so can we. Are we giving them that message? I just don't think there's any mistake that Lehi's family is at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. I mean, I know like chronologically they belong there, but I just believe that Nephi was blessed with an ability to write in such a personal way that if we just if we just only read first Nephi of the Book of Mormon over and over again, the plethora of truth and testimony of Jesus Christ is almost enough. But yet for those of you who push on past first Nephi, How much more is your life blessed by the Book of Mormon? And again, have you fasted with your family for a purpose? And did you capture the results that it produced? Was it difficult? Did the Lord manifest himself unto you? Did your children have a change of heart? Did they accomplish something that they didn't think they were able to accomplish? Did you celebrate it with them? Did you help them feel stronger than they felt they were? That going without food sure seemed like a mighty laban to them. But the Lord is mightier because the Lord promises to strengthen them, to give them further light and knowledge, to be there for them, to back them up. And so did you see that? Did you help capture that so that you could remind them that when they're facing those mighty labans, when they have questions that can't be answered, when they are asked to do hard things, that they don't know how they're going to be able to accomplish it because it just seems so mighty and they feel so small. Are you reminding them of their wherefore can you doubt moments that show how mighty the Lord is?
Sister Scriptorians, I challenge you to think of a way to help your children experiment upon the Word of God and to allow, to initiate, and to capture wherefore can ye doubt moments so that when your family faces a Laban moment, you can recall on what you already know. The Lord is mightier than Laban, even his fifty, even his tens of thousands. Wherefore can ye doubt?